We all seem to be fascinated by the great singers from any era. They seem unreal or even out of reach, hence the word star. However, these idols are normal people who do a certain set of normal things, but to an extraordinary degree. While some are born with more vocal talent than others, they all work, 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 and work some more until they become the artists you and I drool over. I've studied a lot of these artists and have compiled a list of 10 things all great singers do. Hi, and welcome to episode nine of Monique on the Mic podcast. I am Monique B. Thomas, and today we're talking about stars and all the things they did or do to get there and stay there. Now, while some of these things might seem quite obvious to you, there are a few things on the list that might surprise you. Let's get into it. Now, before I go into the details of the things that all great singers do, I should probably define what a great singer is. A great singer stands in a class all by themselves. Their artistry inspires numerous other artists, and they have a timeless appeal. They set the standard for what greatness is in their genre and often become the pop icons of their day. Some great singers, and in no particular order, include Bessie Smith, Mahalia Jackson, Ella Fitzgerald, Maria Callas, Aretha Franklin, Freddie Mercury, Stevie Wonder, Mickey Thomas, Whitney Houston, Billie Holiday, Luciano Pavarotti, Michael Jackson, Sarah Vaughn, Annie Lennox, Luther Vandross, Diane Reeves, Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra. I could go on forever, but you get the idea. Number one, all great singers surround themselves with other great singers and other great musicians. I know you've heard that saying, birds of a feather flock together. And it's true. It doesn't take a genius to understand that when you've achieved a certain level of mastery in what you're doing, some way along, somewhere along the line, you've met other people on that same journey and you remember each other and you collaborate with each other, you bounce ideas off each other, you probably even jam with each other. And so that's just a kind of a normal thing is that you're all going in the same direction and so you tend to hang around each other and you keep that momentum going. A lot of emulation happens in these circles and great projects. If you think of um, maybe something like The Roots and uh, when some of those projects were being recorded, other artists at the time were in the studio and lots of music was made from that period. So great artists hang around other great artists. Number two, they always tell a story. Now, I don't just mean in their singing, but the way they are, it could be their videos, the way they do their shows, everything that they um, put out has been well thought out, has been planned out, and it has their particular stamp on it. So it tells their personal story, or at least something that they really want to put out there. So things aren't haphazard. They're well thought out, well planned out. They have real direction, and it lets you know who they are as an artist. Number three, they sing in a unique style. This style is so unique that we can often tell who's singing from the very first note. If I go, you know exactly who's doing it. And I won't, I'll spare you going through all the other artists' things. But that is their fingerprint or, you know, their vocal imprint that we recognize them for and by. And so it separates them from other people. And 
unfortunately, I feel like as we move along, so many singers are starting to sound like that. I personally can't tell a lot of them apart because they're all sort of uh, copying the same thing, which I do think is a shame because I think it just requires a bit more thought and research and creativity and trial and error on the part of each artist to find that thing rather than going for the thing that, you know, it's already working. So we know that, you know, Beyonce's style of singing, it, it works. People love it. And so after she came out and had her success, a whole bunch of other singers came out and they sound just like her. And the thing is, I don't know any of their names. So all great singers sing in a uniquely definable style, which puts them in a class by themselves. Number four, great artists set ambitious goals and work until they achieve them. Think of somebody like a Michael Jackson. You know, when he first started doing his mini movie videos, he basically was trying to outdo himself every time. So every time he put out a new video, I remember as a kid that that was a major event. We would all gather around the television and wait for these things to come out. And he basically set a new standard for what a music video was. Fun little fact about Michael Jackson. Uh, you might not know about his gravity-defying shoes that allowed him to lean forward at a 45-degree angle. He had a patent made for those shoes. So if that ain't ambitious, I don't know what is. Number five is prepare everything. Great singers have a lot at stake. It took a lot of work for them to get to where they are, and it takes even a lot more work for them to stay there. You see, great singers are great because they have high standards for themselves and even for the team with which they work. And yes, they have a team, an excellent team. They don't wing things. That's for amateurs. They rehearse everything until they get every detail memorized by their body. They're so good at it that they could perform it in their sleep, whatever they have to do. Number six is they perform with confidence. Now, that might seem obvious, but you kind of wonder, where does that confidence come from? Well, we don't always start with confidence. It usually starts with commitment. They're committed to what they do. So there's no way that they're going to fail or they're going to fall. And if they do fall, they'll get back up. So they start with commitment, and that commitment comes along with some courage to keep doing what they do in the face of adversity. And as they continue to do what they do, they become more and more capable. They learn skills. They get good at it. And at that point, that's when the confidence comes. Now, I find this interesting because what I just mentioned are what we would call the four C's, and this comes from Dan Sullivan, who is the writer of the book, 10X is Easier Than 2X, it's a business model, so it, it's completely outside of what I'd normally attach it to, but we tend to think that somebody starts with confidence, and in fact, these other four C's lead up to it, so you might want to take a hint from that book. Number seven is they take care of their voice. So obviously, the first things we're going to think about is they warm up for rehearsals, and for concerts, any kind of performance that they have to do. But they're taking months and even years to build a technique that allows them to do what their imagination comes up with. So in other words, they use their voice teacher as an ally 
to help them have a technique that sustains them through their artistry, right? And so then with this ally, with this voice technician, they're building this technique and they're training it for a particular show or for um, a series of concerts or touring or maybe the recording of an album. And this is an ongoing thing because a lot's riding on that voice. We can't have a voice that functions once a month or twice a month. We have to have a voice that functions freely and is autonomous so that when the artist goes to sing, everything that they need is there. It's readily available. So they're taking care of their voice. Now, you'll also see singers do some other things like steaming. Um, There's a singer from Mint Condition, Stokely Williams, um, who I absolutely adore. He is always seen on his Instagram steaming before his concerts to make sure that his vocal folds have optimum um, humidity uh, so that they can vibrate freely. Once the vocal folds get a bit dry, they're almost like Velcro. It's really, really uncomfortable. And the voice can sound kind of like a Marge Simpson type voice. Not very comfortable, and it's very hard to get the voice to work properly. And it's a great way also to... um, really tire out the voice and even damage the voice if the voice is um, a bit dry when you start singing on it. So steaming is one thing that people can do and that often singers do. Bringing a humidifier with you on tour if you're touring or sleeping with a humidifier if you tend to have drier air. These are other things that singers do to make sure that those chords are nice and juicy. Me personally, there's something I found last year, at the end of last year, it's called a humidifier. And I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, This is a mask that you put on your uh, nose and mouth and it keeps the humidity inside so that when you're flying or taking the train or any kind of transportation where the air is dry, during that entire trip, you keep this mask on and it keeps also some of the germs out. And people look at you like you're weird, but you don't care because when you get to your destination, your throat is nice and fluid and juicy and you can do what you do. Um, So... These are some of the things that singers do, the great singers. Now, yes, there are singers who smoke and drink and things like that, but I am specifically talking about a different caliber of singer. I'm talking about the types of singers who tour all the time and their level of performance stays high. I'm not talking about the singer that does two or three concerts and the voice is trashed. So just keep in mind that. So when I'm talking about is the people that are keeping it at a high level because they're constantly taking care of their voice all the time, whether they're on tour or off. Number eight, great singers learn from other great singers. I think it's always interesting to know what a great singer thinks about other great singers. And you'll notice that when a great singer talks about another great singer, they're able to discuss them in detail. It's not just, well, I like them. They'll talk about their tone, the way they phrase things, their onsets, their offsets, how they, you know, turn a word to make you feel it in your gut. They are very specific about what they've picked up from other singers and performers. And I think that's something we can learn from them. In fact, when you hear a great singer, you usually hear the sum of what they've listened to and studied. Now, I'm not saying that they sound exactly like another singer, but you can tell they've been heavily influenced by this or that singer. 
you know who's been listening to Whitney or who's been listening to Aretha Franklin right away. I can tell as a jazz singer if somebody has studied Sarah or Betty Carter or Ella Fitzgerald. If you're a fan of Steve Perry, then you know he was a huge fan of Sam Cooke. All you have to do is listen to Sam Cooke and you can see that the little riffs that Steve Perry does, they come directly from him. So, uh, you know, these singers, they really study the greats and they pick up and then they do something innovative with it. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel by saying, well, I'm not going to listen to anything and I'm just going to start from scratch. It's like, no, greatness has a blueprint. Look at the blueprint and then see where you can improve on it. See where you can add your personal touch to it. You know, whatever that is, you know, your genetic makeup and the fact that you have access today to more music than was ever possible before. There's literally no excuse today to not know what great singing is because we have more access to it. Now, with more access does mean there's more things to sift through, but there's still clues in there. So listen to great singers, study them. Number nine, all great singers sing every day. Now, the manner in which they sing might be different. It might be light warm-ups or, you know, singing in the shower. But I've never known a great singer not to use their voice singing in some capacity on a daily basis. Being a great singer requires immediacy. So it requires a level of endurance and conditioning that comes from frequent and correct use. So you've got to keep... Um, maintaining that, you know, you, you work on it to gain it, but then you've got to keep maintaining it. But also keep in mind that singing is not just what these people do. It's who they are. It's kind of like a dancer. I mean, if you've ever known a great dancer, if they're standing in line for something, they're working their feet or doing something with their arms, they're constantly moving, or a drummer is constantly drumming. Um, a cook is constantly cooking something or coming up with a new recipe. So it's kind of par with the course. If that's what you're um, shooting for, then it becomes something you do every day. And this is not so much an effort. It's just a part of who you are. It's like, you know, a fish swims. The benefits of daily singing is that you get to know your instrument inside and out. You know its strengths and its weaknesses, and you can actively work on them um, so when you go to sing, you know what's available. There aren't any questions. You know, when we see a great singer sing, we're thinking, oh my goodness, how do they know that that note would be there? Well, because they've trained it in there. They sing all the time. This is what they do. So there's, uh, they don't have to have blind faith. They just know that it's going to be there because, they, because they've trained it in, and they're constantly going back to that place that lets them know it's available. Number 10, all great singers dress the part. You see, great singers know a little secret about performing. It's that more than half of a performance is about what the public sees, not hears. The way they present themselves to you makes it easier for you to actually hear what they're doing. So you'll notice that a singer's wardrobe, a great singer's wardrobe, never leaves you indifferent. You're either going to love what they're wearing or hate it, but you're most certainly not going to stop talking about it. Artists tend to seem like these mysterious people, you know, to non-artists. And this kind of gives them a license to wear things that non-artists would never wear outside of a costume party. So singers like Beyonce 
or Lady Gaga or Patti LaBelle or Michael Jackson, and you get the idea. They were things that lets the public know they are the star and they came to put on a great show. Now, I know I said that I was going to give you 10 things that all great singers do, but here's an 11th. It's a bonus. All great singers reinvent themselves. So with time, these singers, when you think you know who they are, they come out with something else and it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know you could do that. You know, because they never stop working. They never stop honing their creativity, which means that's going to lead them to invent something or to innovate something. And so there's your list of things that all great singers do. Are there things on here that surprised you or shocked you? Are these things that you're actively working on to sort of up your game and hopefully lead yourself in the direction of becoming a great singer? I hope so. Listen, in today's episode, I talked about things that touched on three major areas, which for me are the three pillars of singing artists or singing artistry. I touched on vocal technique, I touched on performance, and I touched on style. As an up-and-coming artist, you need to take care of these three areas. At Profti, where I work, there's three of us that takes care of these things. So you have Greg Enriquez, my last week's guest on this show, who takes care of vocal technique. You have Rhonda Carlson that takes care of performance technique. And as I said, I work on style and musicality development. If you're interested, we do workshops, boot camps, and master classes for artists. And I'll give you all the information in the show notes. So thank you. That was 10 Things All Great Singers Do plus a bonus. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Musically Monique.